TV on the radio here on BFF.FM. I'm Jessica and I'm here with Leah. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. How are you? Mm, I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. I had some disturbed sleep last night. Oh, courtesy really? Courtesy of Shining Girls. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, today we are talking uh, about the Apple TV Plus series, Shining Girls, the <laughs> Elizabeth Moss vehicle. Leonardo DiCaprio produced. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't see his name on there. I, again, with Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, fucking, like, <laughs> he does one stupid, like, mind fucky movie, and then that's his whole, his whole Inception. stick. No, it wasn't, what was the one where he, Shelter Island or whatever? The beach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway. 
I thought I would have said Inception was his big mind fuck movie, but I haven't seen it, so it's just I such a part of the cultural lexicon. Totally loved Inception. Yeah, I've been meaning to rewatch it, and I started to do so a few weeks ago, and then I was like, oh, this shit's three hours. Absolutely <laughs> not. Hard pass. Fair enough. Um, well, fortunately, Shining Girls clocks in at about six hours. So yeah, um, it is based on a novel mm-hmm. uh, from 2013 or something, and it follows Kirby. Uh, Elizabeth Moss's character who uh, survived a violent, brutal attack and she works in a news... The Sun-Times. They had to tell us many, many times that (laughs) everyone works for the Sun-Times and they all used to work for the Tribune. Yes. Got to name check every Chicago thing possible. Um, But another woman is found murdered in a, a, I don't know, utility pipe or something and there are similarities and... uh, Spoilers, there's a time-traveling serial killer. <laughs> and uh, I I was deeply confused by this show. I, it made me feel stupid or like maybe I'm having reality no, problems. No, I, no. Don't, I don't understand. <laughs> no, no. This the show, the show was not good. The show was bad. Okay. The show had too many balls in the air. So many balls. The show... Um, the show was also deeply graphically violent. And yeah. I'm... Not in love with like graphic depictions of women's pain. So, I feel like that kind of thing really has to be earned for some yeah. reason. When it is in the service of a better show, mm-hmm. I am okay with a certain yeah. amount of violence. Um, but when it just feels like gratuitous and yeah. repetitive, it just feels uh, a little bit fetishy. Yeah, think, you know? yeah. And I think that was this show is definitely. It's a vibe, as the kids say. Like, I think this show was <laughs> all about. Vibe. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, the show was very much about creating a mood. Yeah. And not answering <clears throat> any of the most fucking basic questions. It, uh, it, first of all, it, invo- can, it rose can, so many things and then yeah. just dropped them. Yeah. Like, go on. Go can, on. can you please explain to me? Probably not. It, okay. We get a description of Kirby played by a very dour. She gets increasingly less dour over the course right, of the Which I series. have questions about. Yeah. Yes. This is so she's experiencing reality shifts yes. ever since this brutal attack. But we have her recounting her brutal attack where the guy was behind her. And then we see depictions of the brutal attack where mm-hmm. she is hit from behind. She's like face down in the sand. Except her fucking wounds and everybody who's been murdered by this guy. Her wounds include her chest being peeled open, yes. like cr- cut open like a cross. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can we get the basic fact yeah. of like he's behind her, but somehow like this I don't- is just like RFK Jr. being shot yes. in the <laughs> face from behind. Yes, I was <laughs> so RFK fucking Jr. annoyed, but just I was like, that doesn't even make sense to me, and that is. The t- like that's the most basic fact that they didn't need to put in that like he was behind her. It could have been like he was behind. Like I don't know when they double down with showing pictures of her face down on yes. the sand. I was like, the fuck? Can we just get like some basic continuity on right. this goddamn stupid fucking time travel drifter story? Yeah, show? the whole thing needed some like editing. <clears throat> I mean, I think they really wanted to draw this parallel between pigs getting butchered which is the guy apparently worked in a slaughterhouse or whatever you would call it 
So there's this whole fucking disgusting sequence where we see pigs being uh, sliced open and, and the women were sliced open in the same way. But yeah, the whole from behind, it was just... yeah. And there's stupid. a whole thing so where stuff. he was in the war and there were they were laying crosses down on the dead oh, yeah. soldiers' bot. And I, I, I don't know. I did I know, not I like think... this show and it was fucking... It was creepy and I had creepy dreams last night. Okay. And I totally blame shining girls but yeah that kind of thing like like seeing all the soldiers laid out with the white crosses on their bodies like it's like someone came up with that and was so proud of themselves and didn't really think like well what does this mean to the story or like or anything it's just like like oh this came up with another creepy visual yeah there's also a graphic so again there there's like clips of her attack and you see an extreme close-up of this guy's hand with a giant fucking like almost shack level Super Bowl type ring on it. Yeah. And like, I never saw Jamie Bell wearing that ring. Right. You, I was like, is he the guy? Like, maybe he's not the guy who attacked her. Like, I don't know. And there's all the fucking like echo things where he's playing video of what happened. Right. Or playing recordings of what happened because he's reliving the same day over and over again. But she doesn't experience reality shifts in terms of that. Like, he goes to the bar where she works and has multiple interactions with her on different days where he recreates whatever. He goes back in time mm-hmm. to that to that day and has different interactions with her. But then when she sees him, and it's set in 1992, and then when she sees him in 1992, she's like, you are the guy who gave me the Pegasus when right. I was a child. But you didn't recognize that eight, the eight million times you saw him in a fucking bar. Like, yeah. I mean, especially the interaction they have at the bar. So, I mean... Spoilers, the guy's kind of like an incel. That's oh, yeah. that's kind of the thing. He hates women. He's, he's an old-timey incel, an old-time even worse. <laughs> but their interaction at the bar is he does this like creepy parlor trick because he's a time traveler, so he, I guess, knows where her earrings came from. So he does this little trick where he says, if I can hold your earrings, I can tell you where they're from. And she doesn't play along, but it is like such a creepy interaction. <laughs> that you would not forget that man's face. Yeah. You would tell the bouncer about him, and he would not be allowed in the bar again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But anyway, so this show, there's this man is a World War One veteran. Yeah. And he's been traveling through time, I guess, because he stumbled into some magical house, which is never fully explained. That's the other thing. So ye old magic house exists <laughs> in the woods. And all these people, it starts off with a guy walking in there from like 1842 Mm -hmm. or something. And he walks in and sees a guy hanging in the house in a pair of Air Jordans. Yes. (laughs) And no questions. No. (laughs) Just totally accepts that that's how, oh, okay. And then, and that's the same thing. Like these guys from 1920 break into this house, kill this guy who's been time traveling, Mm -hmm. not murdering people, we assume. And just stealing stereos from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just stealing Casio watches mm-hmm. and um, or buying them. Yeah. We don't know. There's there's all generations of money in the house, right. too, which is, again, like fucking. Why? I, I, it's the it's the vampire question. How do these people amass their wealth? Like, mm. <laughs> but I nobody has you a, would just do sports betting, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You'd probably. But nobody asks a fucking question. Like, they're yes. just like, okay, here we are in the year 1992 from 1920. And she's like, let's buy me some silk stockings. <laughs> what the fuck, people? <laughs> like, we're really bouncing around, but that made me laugh. Like, he takes his 
then girlfriend from the 1920s. I mean, she's not really his girlfriend. Oh, right. She's, she doesn't like she's, him. She's been giving off not she interested like vibes, like but he's yeah. an incel and he doesn't pick up on it. But sure. he takes her a time traveling 70 years into the future and she wants to go shopping. And yeah. I was like, girl, you're not going to be happy with how much things cost at Marshall Fields 70 years yeah. in the future. <laughs> yes. That is, Fifth Avenue that's not is how you go shopping. Out of reach for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's. It's truly, I mean, there are just so... Like, they went to the bar, and I was like, they wouldn't be able to afford a drink. Drinks probably cost a nickel in 1920. In 1992, they're going to be like, $4. Yeah, That's that's my rent payment. Yeah, truly. Yeah, nobody asks a fucking question. And this guy is just out here murdering women in a very distinctive way, which apparently the entirety of the Chicago PD doesn't pick up on. Like... There's all these women that are murdered and exactly the same way, exactly the same way. And the Chicago PD's like real head scratcher. Yeah. Like there's <laughs> definitely no connection here. And it just like the most basic questions are not answered. Like she's experiencing all these time shifts, including this huge thing, right? Like his signature is placing items in the, the bodies yes and so every item ties to a victim before and he placed in kirby's body a book of matches from a bar called the be happy lounge Mm -hmm. that did not exist in her time right like it had the it was a laundromat it had never ever been a bar be happy lounge does not exist and then it turns out that she meets up with this guy in this laundromat and it turns into the Be Happy Lounge and everyone's just like, oh no, it's always been the Be Happy Lounge. Yeah. Even though, like, it's just stupid. It's just like, I mean, I guess I struggle with this with a lot of, you know, whatever metaphysical quantum leap stuff, but she's the one experiencing these reality shifts. Like yeah. she'll come home and her cat is now a dog and yeah. she'll wake up with a different hairstyle. It's always very minor, which I think is very funny for something... It asks these big questions. It's like, oh, what if like her wardrobe was slightly what if different? What desk than is in a new yeah. place? <laughs> but what does that mean for other people? Are they all just NPCs in her universe? Is everyone does everyone exist in infinite alternate timelines? Yeah, I mean, does Dan was... the reporter have every kind of economy car manufactured <laughs> between 1969 and 1984? Yeah, Dan the reporter is. She's like, we were here last week. It was a laundromat, and he's yeah. like, we were here last week. It was a bar, and like. I feel like these are easily disproven things, right? Like, I don't, I I just, I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be some fucking, like, glitch in the Matrix. And yes, is she just, it's never really explained why. So this Jamie Bell, the drifter, the drifter murder guy, Mm -hmm. is, he's suspended in time through this house. Right, I wasn't clear. He's just—I suspe- mean, he's—he never ages, right? Like it's 1920, and then you see him, and he looks exactly the same. Right. She saw him as a child, and then—but if he's the one time traveling, maybe he's been in the house for like nine months or something. <laughs> maybe he just hasn't aged that much because he's—he's the one bouncing around in time. But yeah, but he can't go backwards, and he—you pointed out—he can only arbitrarily go forward, and so this stupid show ends with her whatever this uh, my other problem (laughs) elizabeth moss in the beginning of this show does the very elizabeth moss thing of like being confused and being like (laughs) 
annoying. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's talking to Dan, the reporter, about she's like, I'm not reliable. Like, you can't trust anything. I can't trust myself. I can't trust my mind. And then it shifts over the course of, like, this series to her, like, moving seamlessly between these alternate realities and just being like, mm, that's just what it is. Like, that's just what you do, yeah. right? And then... And she's also making these proclamations about this murderer that she's linked to. But we don't know why she's linked to him other than she lived, I guess, right? That's the only possible explanation for why she's linked and why she can cause him to experience these time shifts and, and like, his coffee cup change. I don't fucking so know. Was the show she was ridiculous. That? No, I so was that told, was the so thing. I guess there's two things. He can travel through time, sort yes. of, via this house, this magic house. He, he can't go backwards, though. She can't. He can't go, like, he can't go back to 1920? He can't, no, he can go back to 1920, but so she, it ends with her going to this house, she kills him, and then she goes back in time to mm -hmm. 1920, a time when she did not exist, Yes, and she stops him from ever entering the house. Oh, she shoots him in the house, she shoots him in the house and mm -hmm. tells him to leave, right? So he doesn't go down this path. All the women that were killed are now alive. Right. Dan, who was killed by this guy, now alive because he never got the opportunity to time travel and murder these people. Okay. Fair enough, right? But, like, he could not go back to a time prior to 1920. So why can she? I don't know. Like, she didn't exist in 1920. Why can she go back there? I, I don't know. Is it because she's linked to him? I don't fucking know. It's so stupid. But, yeah, between that and then also the reality shifting, I just didn't understand the relationship of one to the other. She seemed to experience reality shifting as this sudden, like, traumatic, unexplained thing. But when it happened to him, like, his coffee cup changing in his hand or the chandelier changing in the house, he was just like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Yeah, nobody ever asked a question about yeah. anything. But hers, I feel like, was related to him doing doing crimes. Right. <laughs> like, also makes no sense. <laughs> no, yeah, none like, of it. It's, I thought the show had this potential because she has she experiences this brutal attack. And then her she loses touch with reality. Or that's what it sure. feels like. Her yeah. reality is shifting. And I feel like that that is interesting because that is how you can somehow sometimes how trauma affects you. Like you dissociate or yeah. you can't, you know, you have you have you got reality problems after you that. You sleepwalk or, through years of your life and all of a sudden you're yeah. married to a black man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it didn't really bother exploring any sort of like uh, any overlap between like uh mental health reaction to trauma and just like a rip in the time space continuum or whatever it just we just catch up with her six months or six years later after the second murders happen and she's we jump right into her it being a actual time shift problem you know like yeah it, it feel like it queued up all these things that would are good allegories for trauma and yeah all that but they're like nah <laughs> not gonna explore that shit yeah, no, they literally just like girl boss her up over the course of mm -hmm. the series to where she's, as I said, making these proclamations about like his motive and what he's doing, yes. what this means. And like, this is somebody who like three episodes earlier couldn't complete a whole sentence. Like, it's just fucking annoying. I was yeah. just annoyed by this whole <laughs> thing. It like the magic house was creepy as fuck. There's mm -hmm. literally no explanation given. And then the whole thing is I'm like, so she ends up, the last scene is her sitting in the house and her dog coming in. Yeah. And so I'm like, so now she she just, like, 
the only thing to do is fucking you've stopped him. Right. So all these murders aren't going to happen. So now the only thing to do is burn that fucking house to the ground. Also, why is there a palatial house in the middle of fucking Chicago, like just sitting abandoned for hundreds of years? And people are like, oh, yeah, that's the boarded up creepy house down the block. Like not buying that. Like, I feel like the city of Chicago would be like, where's our fucking revenue? Like, who's paying for this house? Where are the property records on this house? Like where? Like, I just I don't I, I hated it. I hated it. I got I got angrier and angrier as the Me whole thing too. went on. Like at first, I was just like, "This is very confusing," and then as they started getting more into just like everything, like the Philippa Sue character was yeah. an absolute cipher to me, like yeah, a true so mystery. Philippa Sue plays like a astrophysicist or something, and. She's on the cusp of giving her big, like, career-making mm, presentation. At the yeah, and I, it also, like, like we see her murdered, but then we back up in mm-hmm. time to before she's murdered. Like, that whole day repeats, and I wasn't clear why. Yeah. Like, like, she gets into the fight with the, the guy, Harper, that's the murderer's yeah. name, at the laundromat, and he has a big slice across his cheek after that. So that's how we know, like, when things and are repeated. it's in 1992. Yeah, yeah. whatever. I'm... It's not worth explaining. But yeah, Philippa Sue is about to embark on the next phase of her career. And that's when he's going to murder her. And Elizabeth Moss puts it together that like she got attacked on the night. When she her, was about to have her, her first, first byline. Her first byline. byline. And so that's that's his M.O. is not just uh, slicing women open like pigs and leaving garbage inside of them. But uh, to do it on their big day to try to, t- you know, keep a girl boss down. And um, she has actually been confronted by him i think at some point he shows up at her work she's being stalked like someone has a copy of her key and the Mm -hmm. records show someone's been coming in and out right behind her at work and um kirby shows up to tell her like she thinks she's about to be killed and she's like i can't tell like i have to go do my midnight shift at work (laughs) and she walks off into the dark rainy night alone (laughs) yeah 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 some women yeah. deserve to be killed. <laughs> yeah, she's like nothing. Nothing weird's been happening to yeah. me except for the lone my umbrella being left outside yeah. just before it starts raining and, and being like, locked out on the rooftop. Just all of this shit. Like, I don't know. The whole thing was so fucking <laughs> annoying. Just really. Re- I mean, again, like the magic house is she. She says to him, like, this wasn't you at all. It's this house. And this is my house now. And I'm like, so you're going to fucking turn evil? And why didn't the house mean anything? You know, like, I feel like that sort of uh, inanimate, malevolent presence Mm -hmm. in a story needs to have a meaning. Yeah. You know, like, what did we do to make this to make this house happen? Is it a portal from hell? I don't care what it is. Just give it some sort of meaning. Yeah. 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 Have it have it exist for like. Yeah, I don't know. And then there's that stupid fucking scene where she goes to the bar to talk to Dan and she pulls the same fucking lame ass trick on him. And then at the end, by the way, says he says, do I know you? He says, I know you. And she says, and there's sort of like a burgeoning romance between them kind of. I, I don't know. It's not really explicit. But um, and she says, well, if you figure it out, you know where to find me. No. He fucking yeah. doesn't. <laughs> you don't work at the Sun Times in this fucking timeline. Like, how the fuck is he going to find you? Like, I didn't know what to make of that either. It, I it, thought Dan it, has a son, Freddie. Yeah. Dan's murdered in a nightclub. Freddie is real. I mean, 
truly a latchkey kid of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> like, Freddie was raising himself anyway. But he's left sitting outside in Dan's Celica or whatever. Yeah. Like, And I'm just like, can literally anybody mention the name Freddie ever again? Like, Yeah, it, they, it that just, only reason that kid exists is so that they could randomly bring him along to the office in, like, one of the last episodes. And I was like, oh, like, Freddie's just here to be put in danger for no reason. Yeah. You know, like... And in fact, yes, Dan left him alone in the car outside of a club, which is a very 1992 move. Yeah, for real. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Oh, so the ending when she has this, like, she meets up with Dan, who's gone back to being a degenerate alcoholic. Sure. And I, if they had taken any glimmer of romance just a little bit further, like mm-hmm. maybe they almost kissed in one episode and thought better of it or something, then that last scene would have had meaning. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're in love, you just don't know it because now we're in different timelines or, so, or yeah. whatever. But it, they didn't do that. They didn't tee it up. So at the ending, I was like, what is she trying to, com- just introduce yourself if you want to talk to this man. Yes. Like, it was so stupid. Yeah. Um. Yes. So Dan, the veteran reporter, is mm-hmm. who she teams up with to try to solve this murder. And he is shown... To be a degenerate alcoholic, like we see him get real crunk up in the bar (laughs) one night, which is a very, I enjoyed that scene because that guy really committed to it. Sure did. Um, And we see him meeting with the partner of one of the victims at some point and she gets up and he stags her wine glass and pours it down his throat, Mm -hmm. which is very funny. But then in other scenes, he's just casually drinking a beer. It's not a problem. He doesn't struggle with his alcoholism, mm-hmm. really. It's not affecting. Like We hear that it's affected his work in the past, but now it seems like it's kind of fine. So why why tee it up? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, nothing means anything in this show. That's yeah. the whole thing. Like, the, truly nothing means anything. Like, even the thing with, like, the linking of, like, okay, so he put this in her and it belonged Mm -hmm. to the prior victim. And then it's like, so with her, there's nothing of hers left in Julia Madrigal, right? Like, it's not, it's not, like, that goes away too. Like, just everything fucking gets unexplained. And it all hinges on, like you said, like, if there's this magical house that is a malevolent presence that, like, is it supposed to be a thing about, like, this is the curse of time travel? Like, I don't know. I mean, they could have even made, like, an interesting case for, like, serial killers not being caught because they travel through time. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like foreigners did that better. <laughs> like, right. I just, I don't, I, I literally came away from this being like, what was the point of literally any of this? Like, yeah. any of it. And then why is she sitting in that house? Like, the only thing she should be doing is taking a gas can to that house. And, like, that's her, this is her way to end her, like, shifting reality, right? Yeah. Like, this is, but is it, like, that this house has all the shit in it Ooh, but that would you already would she be stuck in 1920 own? if she burned the house down? No, but she wasn't in 1920. Oh. <laughs> she, she was in her time. Like, that's only when you walk out the back door. Uh-huh. Leo... Why the fuck didn't the house work for Leo anymore when it had been working for him? And then he had to go with Jamie Bell to go through the door. And then he's got like not early onset dementia, but he's in a home for people with early onset dementia. And he's just sitting in his room with his pictures of like battalions from 1919. And nobody asked the question why this 35 year old man is sitting in this fucking room. I Truly. Like, I mean, a bigger problem with shows like this 
with like shifting reality stuff, no one is ever surprised enough, you know, like at all. Pe- people are ex- express mild uh, amusement sometimes. But yes, this man, I, I didn't understand his storyline at all or why he had dementia or whatever. But yeah, it, the nurse like brings them in to visit him and she's like, oh yeah, he was in World War One. And I was like, the man's 40 years old. <laughs> he was not, are they just yeah. humoring him? Yeah. <laughs> no questions. Yeah. Even like yeah. the stuff between Dan and Kirby, like, I feel like there was a moment in episode four or something where she sort of like catches on to time travel. And I'm like, bitch, where have you been? Like, yeah, this, this has been story. happening to you the whole time. Yeah. You've been time traveling. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know. This whole show didn't come together. It feels like if it was adapted from a novel, maybe they just tried to cram too much in Yeah, there, maybe the novel's 800 pages and explained. they like talked about ye old magic house that appeared in the forest. Yeah. Uh, there's like a, a thing where Julia, Ma- oh, that's what it is. Julia Madrigal's found with like a little tin of radium next to her. And they think that that has to be unrelated because you just couldn't buy little tins of radium since pre-1950s or whatever. Um, and we find out that Clara used radium on her skin right. for her act. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. And okay. that's why you see him sleeping and the bed is glowing next to him because oh, radium. Oh, see, yeah. I didn't put together that the radium in the bed was from Clara. I thought like when we saw that, there's some magical property because it glows green in the air yeah. or whatever. And I was like, oh, so something about the radium. But no, I don't know. No, at first I thought that like he had kept the body of Julia Madrigal like in the house next to him. But then as the show goes on, okay. you see that it was actually Clara. I got it. Who used radium. What was her little burlesque act? I don't she fucking know. None of it dances. Are, yeah, people are so weird in nineteen twenty. It's all so fucked up. <laughs> it just the whole thing was so stupid, and it really does come down to like this guy. Oh, also they bring up the whole thing about like how he can't be away from the house right. too long. Totally Why? drop that. Yeah, totally drop that. And now is Elizabeth Moss going to not be able to be away from the house? You just have to burn the evil house down, guys. That's yeah. all you have to do. Just be fucking done with it and go live in 1992. <laughs> fucking could be worse. Um, yeah. So as time goes on and Kirby is experiencing more and more reality shifts, it seems like she gets a slow like glow up as time goes on, <laughs> yeah. and I wasn't clear on what to make of that because she did look drab as fuck at the beginning of the show. But um, yeah, she evolves towards a more flattering haircut, lighter yeah. color, which <laughs> I think really works on Elizabeth Moss. It does. It definitely does really work on Elizabeth Moss. But it, yeah, it just felt like the very the thinnest sort of backbone of this show is that like these girl bosses ain't gonna let a a gross little man keep them down and it's like that's expressed through her evolving towards a better haircut and a more flattering <laughs> blazer <laughs> i mean sometimes that's yeah really, <laughs> that, that tracks that was the only part that made sense in real life loved that like I, I don't i wasn't clear if the like shifting realities towards like not living your best life or whatever was his doing somehow it wasn't i truly didn't understand what yeah caused so the shifting realities. i was trying to think uh, so you see like Philippa Sue doesn't get killed the night that she really did get killed or whatever. And so then you see that it turns out she dropped out of grad school. And is it supposed to be like an allegory for like when one woman like is taken out, like it demeans us all, like we Ooh. all get worse or whatever. Know. Like, 
but none of it was fucking ever explained. Yeah. But I also, also like I like that the that that thing happening is always like the most small potatoes. Like uh, Kirby it's not goes small from potatoes to lose your astrophysicist job. To she dropped out of grad school. Like that's she could probably go back and finish her degree. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's nothing, but Kirby also gets busted down from junior reporter to archivist. <laughs> yeah. That's a setback of probably yeah. seven to eight months. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. I mean, it's like such a big concept. It's fucking like Earth sh- space shattering. Truly. Like, it's th- the space time continuum. And it's like uh, she never wakes up in like Hong Kong. It's just, oh, well, now she's in an apartment upstairs instead of downstairs. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, well, it, why is why is the universe so circumspect about fucking with this woman? Like, if you really want to mess with someone, have her wake up in, you know, the forest or something. Truly quantum leap it. Like, yeah. Yeah, where she's now on tour with Def Leppard or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I don't fucking know. I, I don't know any of it. It was a giant waste of time, in my opinion. <laughs> it truly was. Like, also, she goes to Philippa Sue and she talks about how, like, she's tied to this guy or whatever. Philippa Sue, who's this, like, astrophysicist talking about, like, black holes and the time-space continuum mm-hmm. is like... Sometimes things are just yeah. like, that's your fucking explanation? <laughs> exactly. I can fucking get that from like a, a goddamn like Zoltar machine. Yeah. Like, I don't need you <laughs> to tell me like, sometimes it looks like I'm on the thread now too. Well, fucking unsubscribe, Philippa Sue. Like, I just, it's so stupid. Yeah. So fucking stupid. The whole thing. And then, yeah, like at the end, it's, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Stupid. <laughs> stupid and yeah, creepy. So. Yeah, it was creepy. I will. I mean, I think the performances were pretty good. Elizabeth Moss kind of always the same. Yeah, she's good at what she does. I did read a. I read. There's not much written about this. I don't think this show made a big splash, or maybe I just am not good at finding think pieces. But I read mostly positive. We're on the wrong thread, Jess. That's why we. It's in a different time space continuum that everybody <laughs> loves shining gold. Someone did say that Elizabeth Moss is the greatest actor of her generation. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. I don't believe that to be true. Um, but yeah, she was fine. Um, the veteran reporter Dan Velasquez played by Wagner Mora, mm-hmm. who is, according to his Wikipedia is also a journalist. So okay. very, very uh, method. For yeah, him. Good for him. He was fine. He's sort of a withdrawn character. I, I enjoyed his performance and his like one drunken freak out at the bar was pretty sure. good. I love that he like he has this bender, falls down an escalator and slices <laughs> his arm open yeah. and then goes straight to work. And no one has any questions about why he looks like shit and is covered, covered in blood. In blood. It's yeah. just, that's just another day at the Sun Times. And also he's like piecing it all together with the very long, oh, yes. very itemized <laughs> receipt from the bar, which <laughs> was so funny. Of all of the decisions to to show this character, yeah, figuring it out because what we all know about dive bars is they give you an itemized receipt, absolutely the size of a CVS receipt. <laughs> yes. That's so good. I would love it if it said like co- cocaine at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, Philippa Sue was. She was fine. She's a meh for me. She was fine. I mean, fine. I don't. I don't I uh, yeah, the bigger I, I thought Jamie Bell was really good. He was good. He was creepy. Very creepy. Creepy as fuck. Um Yeah, he like uh yeah, the way he interacted with her at the bar was like super well done. Mm-hmm. His like sort of just like gross little gestures. Mm-hmm. Like when he approached Julia Madrigal, he had two coffees. Like, do you want one? I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> That's just 
perfect. Yeah. Perfect little incel. Also, thing. what was the um thing about he chased that girl down to the basement of the store, but she wasn't one of the girls who was killed. Mm-mm. What the fuck? Why did we have a five minute scene where this kid's stealing beer and then he like corners her down stairs? And know. it's all about like he's reliving these days, right? For like different he but but then like with Julia Madrigal, it was the exact same day because he was because there's like recordings of her oh, uh-huh. and she was recorded saying like he had recorded her the first time it happened and then he recorded her on the day that he killed her again. And then at the end, like he just goes and kills all these women again. And it's like, oh, really? Can't you go find some new women to kill? Like, I don't. I don't fucking, I don't know. I don't understand any of it. I don't understand why Elizabeth Moss was able to go back to 1920 and like he couldn't, he also could only randomly go forward. Like yeah. he was like, think of the farthest date you can. And then she was like, whatever a date thousand she years. said. A thousand years. And he said, not that far. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which was so fun. Why bring up that yeah. random limitation? Yeah. Just like. Yeah, she wants to go as far into the future as possible. He's like, sorry, 1992 is it. <laughs> well, maybe, I mean, in that timeline, the world ends in 1992 and we're all saved the fucking misery of having to go through <laughs> this exercise. I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Scary. I mean, yeah, I do think that there were elements of it that were well done, but they didn't answer a single goddamn question. No. Not a single fucking question yeah, was answered. asked a lot of questions. Didn't answer any of them. It was also the show was enormously proud of its tortured like windows and mirrors motif. <laughs> yes. Like every character is looking at their face refracted through beveled glass all yeah. the time to the point that I was like, is this sponsored by Home Depot? Because I feel like I need to get some beveled glass in my house now. I was like, is this like a Superman thing where like the baddies Ooh. are like sent off into space <laughs> in this like beveled glass? <laughs> like the planetarium. Her key was found inside a fucking like murder victim from like the 20s uh-huh. and nobody in the 20s was like the Adler Planetarium I've never seen right. a key like this before they're just like eh, that's strange yeah and like the fucking um also can we talk about the lack security I know. literally everywhere you go to the fucking Emmy's office and you're just like hey Mr. Coroner or Mrs. Coroner depending on what timeline yeah. you're in can I take a look at this body yeah I'm Joe Blow off the street. I just need to ask you some very detailed questions about Truly. this body. Kirby walks into Ginny's place of, of work, the planetarium, yeah. and the security guard just volunteers all the information about who's been coming in and out with yeah. which keys as though that wouldn't be kept private for your employees. <laughs> also, people are always just showing up into abandoned buildings. Like, yeah. And oh, yeah. No, I don't know if they're all cat burglars or whatever, but no explanation as to how you can just get into an abandoned building to snoop around all the time. Yep. Um, I also laughed. So they tracked down this slaughterhouse where I guess Harper and Clara worked in the 1920s and they're snooping around. And then the guy comes in and is like, hey, you can't be in here. And then immediately <laughs> launches unsolicited into a story about how a woman Come was with me murdered, <laughs> murdered in his facility, like a, surrounded by dangerous equipment and yeah it's this like, is why are you vi- volunteering this information the very the that press? we found her yeah. in you're lucky that you're here now because we're actually gonna rip all this yeah. out like <laughs> fucking so stupid yeah it's so fucking stupid there was something else i was gonna say about that too with regards to like the lack security yeah everyone's like volunteering all this information but um 
Yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say about it. I don't know. I just, yeah. yeah. I, I, again, as you said, nobody asked a goddamn question. And it would be <laughs> worth asking a question. You brought up how in one timeline she's married to Marcus, who's mm-hmm. a photographer for the Sun-Times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Who also is, has encyclopedic knowledge of everything that's ever happened. Yes. At the Sun-Times. <laughs> and the, or, yeah. <laughs> explains it when necessary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And... You talk about how, like, we talked last week about the resort and yes. um, the review that we read that said, like, William Harper Jackson playing once again, like, a neutered um, black man in the face of, like, a white woman. And yeah. it's like, Shining Girl, like, the resort walked so Shining Girls could run yeah. because this man <laughs> was fucking, like... I feel like they were so terrified of, like... So he's... One day she wakes up and now she's married to Marcus. And uh, I guess I would... I'd feel weird about that, waking up married sure. to someone who I don't really know, but she's pretty cold. <laughs> he, um, you know, she's always disappearing, sleeping over at Dan's house, mm-hmm. running around, acting crazy. And and also just the the most basic stuff. She's at Dan's house and Dan's like, go call home. And yeah. I'm like, how the fuck would she know the number? She yeah. like doesn't know like where in her life she is. Like, this is stupid. She fucks up his birthday party and he is nothing but over the top understanding Mm -hmm. like essentially says like whatever you need i'll be here when you need me (laughs) it's like can't this man get a little bit upset his wife is either like doesn't remember he exists or is downright huffy when he is trying to help her (laughs) like yeah (laughs) making her a grilled pb and j sandwich and uh she's like what's this yeah (laughs) he's like it's your happy food (laughs) But yeah, that, that I character mean, that deserved alone, a little bit more. Somebody's saying it's your happy food. Like, okay, that's, I mean. <laughs> not buying that. That's bullshit. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, stupid. I, I don't know. What, is, what does it mean? There Nothing. were some other things that made me laugh. Oh, yeah, the itemized receipt was very funny. We probably covered everything that made me laugh. Um, I did want... The show was not funny at all. No, not intentionally. No. Yeah. I did laugh a lot, actually. Yeah. But, um, and I think that was in the service of maintaining this extremely creepy tone. But I feel like it should have leaned into some of the funny parts. Like Kirby go. Dan takes Kirby for some reason to the medical examiner to have her scar mm-hmm. examined to see if it matches these other murders. Which, first of all, I think a, a regular doctor could do that. But I thought that scene could have been funny. Like. Hop up on the table. Yeah, being an alive person being examined in the autopsy room Mm -hmm. by that medical examiner. I would be worried that she would just, you know, lapse into autopilot and start (laughs) autopsying (laughs) me. (laughs) Cutting open your brain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just zoned out there. Um, Yeah. I fucking. Yeah. I don't know. You also brought up the thing about, like, so it turns out that Harper, the murderer guy, is like sort of in a panic because like these oh, people yeah. are onto him and like, yeah, you're a time traveler. Just never come back right. to 1992. <laughs> Problem fucking solved. Yeah. Like, and and there's another thing too. Like they they let us down a whole thing about um the tattoo that he had mm-hmm. being tied to a regiment and they were going to try to track him through the army and then nope caught through union yeah. cards like <laughs> what the fuck people like a shadow regiment of people time traveling and killing people could have been like 
a much better outcome than mm-hmm. what this was. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, that would have been good. You yeah. could have like, you know, it's not really when I saw the by ring. the U.S. military, yeah. but it's a secret. Yeah. When I saw cool. the ring, I was like, it's not him. He's not the guy who attacked her. Yeah. We never see him with that ring. And yeah. like, maybe that's season two is that there is a time traveling regiment of <laughs> black lions. I was I also missed. She she figures it, this out because she and Marcus are looking through his photo album from Nam, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, like, I was like, "1992." This guy's like forty something. Yeah, I guess he could have been twenty in Vietnam. I but guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I felt like I was having my own reality shift. Yeah. Um, have you ever felt like you were a particle connected to another particle? No, yeah, an invisible thread. <laughs> no. Absol- well, I mean. Harry Styles, yeah, but <laughs> other than that, no. Um, uh, I will say, though, like you asked if, you know, like I've ever experienced some mm-hmm. glitches in the Matrix, and that shit's weird when it happens. Yeah. I think that has happened to, like, everybody. I had, like, I couldn't think of any specific thing now, but I'm like, I've definitely had that thing where, like, I don't know, deja vu is kind of yeah. like that, right? But also I've had, like, I just saw that sign or like yeah, I, yeah. like something reappears and you're like, no, I already passed that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So Yeah, I was listening to a podcast this week that was about the, there's a glitch in the matrix subreddit of people thinking that they're experiencing. It's a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, yeah, like their neighbor just changes one day. Like it's the same person, but now she's a, <laughs> she used to be a petite blonde and now she's a tall Samoan woman. <laughs> that is a real one that someone, <laughs> oh someone had. <laughs> <laughs> and um i mean i think a lot of them are just this is a documentary yeah i mean <laughs> shining girls is a documentary yeah um i mean a lot of them are creepy i think can probably be explained by um mental health mental health issues maybe acid flashback or just you know you know we're all going crazy now but then like half of them are like my vape disappeared and reappeared in a different room <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh man <laughs> different timelines man um but yeah it's very funny if you if you aren't listening to the QAnon anonymous podcast it's good and they aside from covering QAnon cover all sorts of things i was gonna say i'm shocked that there is an overlap (laughs) with the people who think there's a glitch in the matrix and QAnon folks um this show i kind of laughed because it opened with uh i believe a shot of the chicago skyline uh the Chicago Fire Department trucks and then a, a shot of the Sun-Times building and it's like, I wonder where this show takes place. Yeah. <laughs> Someone eating a hot beef sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> they had a couple Wet. extras really, really try with their Chicago accents. Yeah. Um, so if you were making a San Francisco show, which 250 things would you use to establish the, the location? Oh, the of course. Well, scene? I mean, there's the classic going... Coming from the airport over the bridge, yes. the Golden Gate Bridge, mm-hmm. of course. And I then, know. yeah, um, entering the city that way. And then, yeah, like Coit Tower. Just, oh, yeah, you know, Coit all Tower. the hits. Coit Tower, the Port of San Francisco sign. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have Transamerica Pyramid. sun rising up behind the the crooked silhouettes of Millennium Tower. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. And then cut to... 4,800 people waiting in line at Tartine for the Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Then over to Pier 39 where Hunter Pence launches his scooter over the sea lion <laughs> paddock onto the, yeah. onto the deck of the wine therapy boat. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's you really... 
Yeah. And then after that, it cuts to... Lucille on the rocket boat out in the bay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then behind all that, two beautiful radio hostesses are in big sunglasses on the water taxi leaving San Francisco. <laughs> sure. Our scarves are... Not, not ours. Their scarves are <laughs> fluttering <laughs> in the wind. In the breeze, yeah. On their way to Vancouver, where the show will actually be shot. Because you I... can't afford to shoot anything <laughs> in San Francisco. I can see it. Yeah. That's absolutely we got to shoehorn a hunky jesus in there too, <laughs> for sure he's driving the water test yeah. <laughs> yeah um i i like it let's yeah. get this made okay apparently leonardo dicaprio funded if we throw in some fucking time travel shit <laughs> we go around the back of alcatraz and when we come out we're in a different reality that'd be fun yeah that'd be good yeah that'd be good anyway this uh, i mean this show really did make me want to watch the new reboot of quantum leap I bet oh, they're yeah. going to do a better. <laughs> Need a little palate cleanser. <laughs> bet they're going to do a better. It No, truly, I messaged you this while I was watching it. It did make me sad for Beforeiners. I can't, I really want episode season three of Beforeiners Do we know anything about that? Sure don't. Mm. Still waiting on the Norwegian government to <laughs> Yeah, if you guys have not watched Beforeiners and you are looking for a superior time travel show, that, that show is really something yeah because you know what it had that this show didn't goddamn sense of humor a fucking winking sense of humor about the whole thing yeah. yep fucking of course if you're like a nun an unquestioning time traveler you would immediately get yourself a fucking youtube channel yeah. like i mean yeah. instead yeah. of just being a fucking creep just make the most of your time yeah like, yeah yeah i yeah oh. all right uh, I guess we'll do animal symbolism. So the show starts with her cat, Grendel. Yeah. But then she wakes up and it's a dog, mm -hmm. a big pit bull, mm -hmm. who was the, the last Grendel standing. So yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, he's the only Grendel. Uh, and before that, she had a Yorkie named Tokyo. Sure. Um, There was the first scene we meet Harper, he yanks the wings off a bee, which I did not like. No, I did not like that. Um, and then there's like a bee with no wings at... Yeah, Philippa Sue's work too. Right, and uh, there's the bee happy bar, sure. mm -hmm. and there are the pigs. What does any of it mean? Well, the pigs, obviously, they're like one of the most intelligent animals, mm -hmm. and then they're like slaughtered for no reason just mm -hmm. because bacon's delicious. And like the bees, you know, when the bee dies, like everything else dies. So it's just oh okay, yeah okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what any of it means, Jess. None of it means anything. Spoiler. Oh, I also wanted more. This is also teed up a little bit. Uh, maybe a romance between Philippa Sue and her floppy hair. Yeah. Gen X, like the most Gen X man I've ever seen, co-worker. Um, I don't know. I wanted something to come of that because it was like he you could tell he liked her and he asked her to lunch in one timeline and she says no mm -hmm. and then she sort of grudgingly says yes in another timeline and i was like so is this guy she's worried about being murdered yeah the reason but for so many like, first dates. boyfriend potential or another like incel murderer potential well <laughs> i don't have know gone either way yeah it was nice to see him like giving the speech in the alternate timeline like he has like subjugated himself to her in like the real timeline and mm. like then he becomes the powerful guy who's given the speech in yeah. the other timeline. He tells her that her outfit for her big night makes her look like a Magellanic cloud. Mm -hmm. which, like, is that nice? I think that was nice. <laughs> is he calling her fat? No, I think that was nice. <laughs> no, that was sweet. It was shimmery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I I don't know. Would you recommend this show? I sure wouldn't. <laughs> I sure fucking would not. This is I wouldn't a giant either. waste of time. And I'm thinking about canceling Apple TV, actually. <gasps> <gasps> no, you have to watch Bad Sisters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got to watch that. I'm going to start that this week. Bad Sisters has been hilarious and extremely winning. And this last episode took a real turn towards the dark. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm looking forward Only to Only three episodes that. left. Sweet. Um... Yeah, I don't know anything else to say. Anything about Dan, the alcoholic no, journalist? No, I don't have anything to say about fucking anyone to do with the show. Jamie <laughs> Bell was good. That's all I'll say. I'll begrudgingly good. admit that. What Jamie do we Bell know him from? He was Billy Elliot. That's what I know him Billy from. Billy Elliot. Yeah, he was Billy Elliot. <laughs> danced our, danced his way into our hearts. Oh, okay. Um, I just know him from being married to Rachel Evan Wood briefly. And oh, really? Then now he's married to Kate Mara. Oh, yeah. So he's English. He's British, yes. Okay. Good for him. Um, And he was in Turn, that AMC show about something. Okay. Patriots? (laughs) The the New England Patriots? I don't don't think you can say the word Patriot ever since the insurrection. I don't know. Oh, what um, what contemporary object would you show to someone in 1920 to blow their mind? Oh, a fucking phone, obviously. (laughs) Like, it's got to be your fucking pocket computer, which wouldn't work, I guess. So maybe not. I mean, you could just charge it up before you left for 1920. Yeah, but I, you don't have any Wi-Fi or cellular uh, data. So you got to download <laughs> whatever you want to show them. <laughs> that's where it all falls apart. Oh, I was going to show them a Bored Ape NFT yeah. and, and the invoice for whatever someone paid for it eight months ago. Yes. And, uh, I mean, but truly. Maybe if it's on the blockchain, I don't know if you can access that from 1920. Yeah. Also, it seems like the guy who was living in the house, like, so he found out about the house through this lady that he was robbing who was cousins with the, the I didn't German follow guy. I that shit. The, and I'm like, he's from a different time. How is he cousins? Like, why does she have his ad, his address on the back of this picture? And like, it's, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> so fucking stupid. Why are you giving people in the 20s a Casio keyboard watch? Don't do that. Just <laughs> keep that shit to yourself. Just fucking go get your Air Jordans and like, yeah, the whole thing was it's it's just like this is a curse. Like you think time travel is going to be like a blessing, but it's not. It fucks with you. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, especially if all you do is go into the future and buy like Casio watches and stereo systems like that's not going to make you happy. You're not selling those in 1920. (laughs) Nobody's buying them. And also like. Jamie Bell at first when he sees his Casio watch is like, is this European? Was this European? And like, all she has to say is like, yes, it's European. Like, (laughs) problem fucking solved. Like, he just has his cool new watch and he goes about his life thieving and that's it. Like, I don't know. This whole show is so fucking stupid. Yeah, well, I'm sorry I made you watch it. This was my pick. It's all right. My husband was really into it and then he didn't actually get to see the end of it. You scared him. "I I gotta watch this by myself. I can't wait for you. Um, yeah, he said it was very intriguing, and I'm like, mm, yeah. Mm. All right, well, I also don't really recommend this show. Um, yeah. It's an awful must dog. Yep. Watch Bad Sisters instead. Yes. Um, if you do. have watched Shining Girls, please feel free to tweet at us to explain it. Yeah, if we're missing, like, the central conceit of this show, which yeah. is entirely possible, please let us know. Um, yeah, all right, well, I guess that's all we have. Do we know what we're talking about next week? We sure don't. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, tune in next week for a special surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Um, we'll time travel and see something that we can talk about. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's that 
Pete Davidson and Kaylee Cuoco oh, have yeah. that movie out or show about time travel. Maybe we should watch that one and oh, com- okay. compare and contrast. Maybe. I will always take an excuse to watch a Pete Davidson thing. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, come back next week for more TV on the radio. Stay tuned today for Indie Rock Girl Radio and have a good Sunday. His mares run away and he'll walk till he finds her, his darling, his stray. But the river's in flood And the roads are awash And the bridges break up In the panic of loss And there's nothing to follow There's nowhere to go She's gone like the summer Gone like the snow And the crickets are breaking his heart with their song As the day caves in And the night is all wrong Did he dream? Was it she who went galloping past And bent down the fern, broke open the grass And printed the mud with the iron and the gold that he nailed to her feet when he was the Lord. And although she goes grazing a minute away, he tracks her all night, he tracks her all day, oh, blind to her presence, except to compare his injury here with her punishment there then at home on a branch in the highest tree a songbird sings out so suddenly ah the sun is warm and the soft winds ride on the willow tree by the riverside Oh, the world is sweet The world is wide And she's there Where the light and the darkness divide And the steam's coming off her She's huge and she's shy And she steps on the moon When she paws at the sky She comes to his hand, but she's not really tame She longs to be lost, he longs for the same And she'll bolt and she'll plunge through the first open pass To roll and to feed in the sweet mountain grass Or she'll make a break for the high plateau where there's nothing above and there's nothing below and it's time for their burden it's time for the whip will she walk through the flame can he shoot from the hip so he binds himself to the galloping mare and she binds herself 
to the right of there And there is no space But there's left and right And there is no time But there's day and night And he leans on her neck And he whispers low Whither thou goest I will go And they turn as one And they head for the plain No need for the whip Ah, no need for the rain Now the clasp of this union Who fastens it tight Who snaps it asunder The very next night Some say the rider Some say the mare Or that love's like the smoke Beyond all repair 